Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, Extinct Edition. These are the episodes where we talk about, you guessed it, extinct animals. The Earth has had so many amazing creatures on it, it felt unfair to only talk about the ones that are with us right now. We'll talk about ancient dinosaurs, all the way up to things as recent as the black rhino. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat Extinct Edition. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we are going to be talking about the quagga. So the name quagga has been around because of the indigenous tribe's word for uh, the zebra, which sounds and probably comes out to quagga in like an English-speaking language. Uh, but quagga is also what was referred to as any species of zebra for a very long time. We didn't really start calling zebras zebras until about... 1900s. Uh, before then, basically everything was called a quagga. Uh, so there's some debate whether quagga is a separate species or just a subspecies of the plains zebra. Um, but they've been around for about as long as zebras have been around. Uh, and they went extinct. The last known quagga died in 1883. And as with all other zebras, uh, they were found in Africa. Specifically, they were endemic to South Africa. And the quagga is interesting, um, basically because of its color formation. So it differed from other zebras in the color of it and also the pattern that it held. So instead of black and white stripes, like we might think with, uh, you know, more modern day zebras and plain zebras, it had brown and white stripes. And they actually didn't cover the whole body of the quagga. Um, for some, it would just be on the back part of the legs. Others, it would be on the front. Some would be on the middle part of the body. Uh, but when you actually look at a picture of it, it looks kind of patchy because there's it's just stripes and then it stops and it can come again. And another difference uh, that it had with the uh, other zebras around is that had it had one long, dark dorsal stripe all along its back. So kind of down its spine, it had just one dark stripe. So little is known about the quagga's behavior, but just because of how similar they are to zebras, we can make a lot of like extrapolations about them. So they gathered into herds of about 30 to 50, uh, which that, that's about right. Zebras tend to gather in larger groups because there's safety in the numbers. Uh, they were said to be wild and lively, but they were also considered uh, more docile than other zebras. And if a lot of people don't know, zebras are actually extremely hard to domesticate. They, they are very wild creatures. So the fact that the quagga was more docile probably was a good sign to a lot of people. And then sadly, uh, we don't have a lot of photograph evidence of quaggas. Uh, granted how the last one died in 1883. Uh, the only quagga that we have photograph evidence of was a mare at the Zoological, Zoological Society of London Zoo, and five photographs were taken of this specimen uh, between 1863 and 1870. Uh, and then as for diet... Um, Obviously, we didn't. We don't have a lot of documentation, but since they are a type of zebra, we can assume it was probably the same exact diet that zebras have. So a lot of like, it's a very plant-based, grass-based diet. And the size of the creature itself, uh, it was a little over eight feet long on average, and stood about four to five feet tall to shoulder. Uh, so you know, nothing too different from what we think of modern zebras today. And the reason for its extinction. Um, it was actually hunted to death in the late 19th century by the European uh, settler colonists. So the last one in the wild that went extinct was in 1878. 
and the official specimen um, that we know of that died was actually in a zoo, and it was on August 12th, 1883. Oh, and one thing I read that is incredibly sad, uh, this kind of goes with when we talked about the thylacine or the Tasmanian tiger and just how heartbreaking and, like, the the lack of thinking that a lot of humans put into. So the quagga that died in captivity, the last one alive, they didn't know it was the last one. They had the people at the zoo had no idea and it just died. So it's like the incredible lack of any understanding or empathy for this creature and then it just died in a zoo. And after it actually died in the zoo, they sent people out to go find another one in the wild. And that's when they realized and they went out there and they said, oh, there really isn't any left. And it, re- it really just makes you think about, you know, what people do and what what uh, consequences have of actions. And then, like I mentioned, the only photographic evidence we have is the one that was at the zoo. Uh, and then there's only 23 skins that are said to be in existence that we still have today. And then in 1984, the quagga was the first extinct animal whose DNA was analyzed. And there is actually a project called the Quagga Project that is trying to recreate the phenotype or the hair coat uh, of the quagga by selectively breeding zebras with the DNA that they have of the quagga. So it wouldn't be fully bringing the quagga back, but it would be a step towards that kind of direction. And obviously they were hunted, um, you know, when we think of hunting in Africa. It's usually for game, so they did it for their coats and for their meat. Um, but they're also hunted because they're seen as competitors for food with uh, the settlers' livestock. So it ate the same food that the sheep and the goats and the cows ate, and so that's another reason that they hunted them. So an interesting fact about the quaggas is they've actually been identified in cave heart attributed to the indigenous sand people of southern Africa. And we mentioned uh, the reasons for them going to extinct was uh, because of hunting and mainly for their skins and meats while also considering them some pests. Uh, But quaggas were actually used by some domestic farmers and livestock keepers uh, because they're really uh, uh, aggressive or ornery. And you see this a lot actually in modern day farming with donkeys. Donkeys are really good protectors. Quaggas are very good protectors. They will protect what is around them and what they consider like family very aggressively. And along with using them um, on the farms and stuff, we kind of mentioned that they would actually take them back to uh, zoos and different uh, biological habitats to um, you know, kind of see what they are they're about and uh, find more out more about them. Uh, but they also had a breeding program, um, and the breeding program never really worked um, just because of, you know, the stress of the animals, and we didn't really know that much about them. But it was actually stopped because a stallion killed itself in the exhibit um, after bashing itself against the wall, um, which just kind of shows that they really weren't meant to be there. Um, and that brought the entire program to a screeching halt. So in 1843, the English naturalist uh, Charles Hamilton Smith wrote a very great quote about the quagga, and this is what he had to say. Unquestionably best calculated for domestication, both as regards strength and docility. So this naturalist had the idea that these things were perfect for domestication because of how strong they were and how much more docile they were compared to zebras. Um, Sadly, that did not pan out, though. And then one really powerful one, and this will be the one that we end the episode with, is another great quote by the naturalist Henry Bryden. 
And this is what he had to say about the quagga. That an animal so beautiful, so capable of domestication and use, and to be found not long since in so great abundance, should have been allowed to be swept from the face of the earth, is surely a disgrace to our latter-day civilization. And it really, it, it really makes you think because all he's saying is that, you know, our later thinking of we see a land, we have to take it, and like I, like I said again, uh, consequences and actions, that when the last one died that we said, all right, let's go out and get the ones that are out there still, and we realize that there's none left, uh, it, it really makes you think about how how we have to use our powers in the right way and how the power of man um, hasn't always been used for good. And in this case, it wiped off an entire species. And I know that's ending it on a more somber note, but with when we talk about extinct animals like these, like there is some really sad notes to them. Like we talked about with the Tasmanian tiger, it's very sad how these animals go because because of us and we're seeing it today with all these uh population hunting whatever it may be you see these numbers dwindling and it's a really serious thing that we need to talk about and address the fact that we are responsible for some of these creatures no longer being on this earth so that's all that we have on the quagga uh tune in next time where we're going to be talking about the mosasaurus I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.